There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. 46% of Americans expect to leave behind financial obligations when they pass away. So it's crucial to make sure your family is financially protected. Policy Genius helps you find the right life insurance coverage by comparing options from America's top insurers with help from licensed, award winning agents. Secure your financial future with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get free life insurance quotes in just a few clicks. That's policygenius.com. Welcome to Wired to Hunt's Rut Fresh Radio, bringing you the latest reports from the Whitetail Woods. Presented by First Light creating proven, versatile hunting apparel for the stand, saddle, or blind. First light. Go farther, stay longer. And now, your hosts, K.C. Smith and Tyler Jones. This is Rut Fresh Radio. I'm your host, K.C. Smith, and the rut is over. Or is it? Did you know that there is still a lot of rutting action? The bucks are still in the mood if they can find the right doe. Let's see if they're in your state. This is Rut Fresh. Let's go. Welcome to Rut Fresh Radio, y'all. I am your host, Casey Smith. We are brought to you by First Light Gear. Tyler Jones is here and in attendance via telecommunication, not telekinesis, maybe. I don't know. He might be capable of that. Mark Kenyon, what's up, man? Uh, it's good to be here. It good. is good to be here. And when you say telekinesis, the first thing that comes to my mind is Tenacious D. <laughs> now, retrospect, you probably do. You guys, do you have you ever listened to Tenacious D? I, I hate to admit it, but I have. <laughs> Okay. Well, yep. There's a good song in there about telekinesis. So uh, I don't know. That's, That's way funny. off topic. The one that no, came to mind for me was uh, a Pokemon. There was a Pokemon that was like uh, telekinetic. Do you remember that, Mark? I was not a Pokemon player. Man. I can't believe it. Okay, we'll continue on. Yeah, you're you're the nerd today, Casey. I am. I, I mean, here's the deal. I, I love this. <laughs> this is great. Let's go down this path further. Star Wars, uh, Pokemon, Star Wars. Uh, what else, man? Lord of the Rings. I can. We can go on and on, man. Star Trek. Uh, even I got some Star Trek in me. He's a lot like Sheldon. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, that's yeah. Random, just random facts that, that like are. Are we talking weird. about deer today, though? We, yeah, we are yeah. talking about deer, right? Well, that's in the interviews. Um, <laughs> so this, part just, this part's just Star, Star yeah, Wars right. and sci fi. That's okay. right. It's just, just, just for the, the last. But no, this is Rut Fresh Radio, where we talk about the rut and all things fresh, and it's on the radio, right? So, um, 
We've been doing a lot of deer hunting. Mark, you've been doing some deer hunting in yeah. the coldest place known to man, it seems. <laughs> it feels like that today. Yeah. It is snowy and like wind chill, sub 10 degrees at least. Oh. So, yeah, I was actually just out there this morning and uh, my fingers are splitting. I don't know if you guys have that, but when you're outside hunting for so long in that cold, dry mm. weather, my fingers start to actually split. So, I got. I just put band-aids and like neosporin on my fingertips because they're bleeding. Mm-hmm. And uh and yeah, it is chilly. So were you hunting this morning? I was not hunting this morning. Um but you've been I hunting was, a lot. I have been hunting a bunch. Yep. I was hunting last night. I was out the day before, the day before that. And then I took a couple of days off for Thanksgiving. I was hunting most of the week before that. So the last, you know, seven to nine days I've been out there for almost all of it. So mm. it's all been in Michigan. Um, so yeah, I feel like I got a good sense of what has been going on out here. Tell us about what's been going on. Well, I think what I have seen is the beginning of that big shift as we shift out of November and out of the rut for much of the country and into that next phase of the year, which for, you know, those of us up here in Michigan and elsewhere, we're, we're shifting into that late season type of behavior pattern. So, I mean, like I said, I've, I've been out in the woods 10 out of the last 12 days, something like that. And, you know, I was still seeing some of that, you know, cruising, some of that bumping around stuff, you know, in that last, that third week of November and the beginning of the 20s. But the last few days, um, maybe since the 25th or so, I have not seen anything. The last three, four hunts, like ruddy type behavior. Now that can change, right? I, the, you can still see that kind of thing happen this time of year, especially if you get a little Delphon that pops into heat here. But almost everything has been on a feeding pattern. It's been, you know, every deer coming out at the end of daylight, heading out to go feed in the highest carbohydrate type food source around and bucks just minding their own business. Bucks just feeding, does just feeding. Um, it looks like October, right? I mean, they're back on the same things they were doing October 1st, but now it's a different food source and it's much colder and deer are, more pressured now. So that's, I think another thing, right. Is we're going back to that bed to feed pattern, but these are deer that have been hunted for two plus months now. So they're a lot more weary, um, not moving as early unless you can find those spots where they've been able to evade hunting pressure. Cause we we're in our second week of gun season here in Michigan. So there's been a ton of hunting pressure. So deer are jumpy. That is definitely another thing I've seen. Like they're definitely on edge, constantly looking around, constantly thinking they're going to get bothered so so yeah that's what i'm seeing we had a big cold front come through it's been very cold like i mentioned and we had snow the last two days so the last two days deer have really been on their feet hitting the food source in in my case cut corn um and the day before the snow arrived that evening before they really got after it so how'd they know i don't know if i'm rambling too much but that's that's been the, the sighting so far. your listeners are used to that how, how did the deer know <laughs> i'm just kidding mark <laughs> they uh, do. They are. <laughs> um how, how did the deer know this guy kind of said that as a joke right but like seriously is what do you think it is why did deer how are they able to predict fronts like that my best guess, I think it has to be related to barometric pressure, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, I'm guessing that's the only and actual what, condition change. What organ are they using to detect the barometric pressure? Mm. 
That I do not know. See, this is where, and then maybe this is not really a rut fresh type thing, but we're going to dive into a little bit. I, I like to think that barometric pressure matters, but scientifically, we should be able to. You like you like the science, Mark. Like scientifically, I'm, I'm we should science guy. We should be able to point to an organ that says the barometric pressure is affected, right? And maybe it is like the inner ear or something, and we don't quite understand how it works, right? Yeah. But I don't know. Well, don't isn't I, I, I'm now. I don't have this issue, but isn't it a pretty well-documented phenomenon that people can feel the change in barometric pressure? Arthritic people will feel it in their joints. Yeah. So when certain My pressure wife. systems come in. My wife had surgery on – she basically has a fake heel bone, and uh, she can feel she can feel the weather for sure. So, so I wonder if it's something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. We might need to talk to some somebody else who actually – studied this stuff or something instead of us just making up some assumptions but i like it yeah. i like i like but, but the thought of the bone thing it would it would make sense like from a you know evolutionary perspective like for this deer to survive they have to be well prepared for changes in conditions right like if for if a deer wants to make it through a tough snowstorm or years and years worth of tough snowstorms mm-hmm. it would behoove these critters to you know get on and pack on the food ahead of those things so you would think that you know, natural selection would eventually select for deer that or wildlife of any kind that that knows to feed at the right times or to feed a little extra at the right times. And so I got to believe something like that has led to deer being able to not necessarily predict, but they just get hungry sooner or something mm-hmm. when that change comes on them. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We can kind of smell like a rainstorm coming in, right? We can kind of feel certain things changing and they are much more tuned than we are. So for sure, uh, I got to believe there's something there. They don't have as many microplastics in their system. I don't think it helps. That's true. Yeah. Um, Mark, it would seem as if you did some good predicting of your own potentially and have been out doing some hunting, but the listeners need to tune in to the actual wired to hunt show that launches on Thursday of this week to get the full story. Yeah, I, I've got a an exciting story to share tomorrow on the main show. All right, dude. and so uh, yeah, I'm very excited to share that story. I'm actually going to record it right after we get off the phone here, and uh, it, it's good. It'll be good. It'll be good. Sweet, so, awesome, Tyler. Yes. Speaking of recording, who have we got interviews with this week? for reports from around the country. Well, we've got Hunter Lindsay out in Kentucky. You know, we actually have two hunters. There's lots of hunters on this podcast, but uh, <laughs> Hunter Dickens, one of our acquaintances, a good friend of ours that does a lot of stuff with us at The Element. He's out in Texas doing the thing. The dude has had a streak of a year in Texas. Uh, pretty impressive Um you know, resume there. Uh, our good buddy Barrett Negus, who is an Instagram friend and now a real friend after uh, we get to talk on the phone, um, he's in Alabama, which they have weird ruts down there. So it's going to be like uh, a report, you know, that's different than what most of the country's given right now. And then um, our good friend Scott from Arkansas, he's going to be on here too. Sweet man, let's get this thing going. I'm on the phone with Hunter Lindsay. He's been doing some hunting in Kentucky. And if you ever watched a viral clip of an owl landing on a dude's camera, that's this guy. Hunter, what's going on, man? <laughs> uh, not much. Not much. Just doing some chores after I've tagged out in Kentucky. Oh, man, you let the cat out of the bag. You killed a big buck. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yep. Way to go, man. What What was that deer doing? Uh, he was actually coming to a field to check for some does. He had been consistent on that side of the farm for a while. We had him on camera and... 
I finally decided to go in after him, and it worked out at what I think it was three thirty eight in the afternoon. So I got it done pretty quick. Golly, how so? How early is that compared to your sunset where you're at? Uh, you know, sunset's probably around five five twenty. Okay, so he's a good two hours before sunset. This deer is out checking for does. Yep. And yep. that's still that's pretty much late November, and that's still going on there in, in Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. It seems like the does uh, in that in this past week, uh, you know, they were start the bucks were starting to look for those does that were starting to come into that second heat, and um, and it seemed like that was what he was doing. He had finally gotten off that first doe and heat that he had found, and he was coming to find another one out here in this big cornfield with some with a uh, long hardwood draw through it. That's cool, man. Do you think that <clears throat> as you look to, like, what's coming up, is that still on the rise as far as bucks in that seeking mode? Um, I think that they're still going to be looking for some hot does, but not near as hard as they were, you know, a week or so ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, in the next week or two, they're probably going to start moving towards a feeding pattern but they're probably you know they're they're not going to turn down a hot dough if they find one gotcha so what kind of food would you be would you be uh, looking to hunt if you were going to be out there the next week probably some high nutritious greens Mm -hmm. um if there's still some acorns around then you know if you're in a big wood setting then try and find you know some acorns that are left um but those ag fields are uh you know where they plant winter wheat and stuff like that. I think that's a that's a big thing to key on in December. Is y'all's winter wheat in pretty good shape right now? Uh, it's probably about you know two or three inches, maybe four at the highest. Are y'all getting some of that cold high. weather that's coming in across the country? Oh yeah, no, it's been in the thirties just about every morning here so far for the past you know handful of days. It's it's been great weather. Um, you know, highs in the in the mid to upper forties. It's just been perfect. Yeah. Is that? Do you think uh, the daylight movement is going to still sustain, even though bucks are kind of cooling on the rut a little bit? Um, that's hard to say. I think that's going to be situational, but um, I think that this colder weather will definitely help with that more than than not. You know, we kind of had some hotter weather towards the beginning of November. I think. Uh, this colder weather at the end of November will definitely start, you know, and the, the rut starting to subside a little bit. I think that um, that's definitely going to help with some daylight movement on some food sources. That's cool. What do you think about that moon? It's just real big and bright all night long up there. Um, you know, the, I've seen that moon phase, you know, helps movement some, but I don't pay to it, pay as much attention to it as I do, uh, you know, just better temperature and Mm -hmm. and pressure conditions and and all that stuff some people really focus in on that moon phase um you know unless it's just like glaringly bright outside at just all night long i don't really pay attention to it too much sweet well in the next week if you had to put a number one to ten on buck movement what your predicted buck movement is what would you what would you put it i'd probably say a four or five. Okay. All right. So you think that's a uh, downgrade from this week? Yes. I think that they're going to start. Uh, yeah. I think that they're going to be not searching for the does as much as they were uh, this past week. But, you know, it's all situational. And you could be in an area where 
uh, you know, there's a couple more hot does than, than not, and they could just be going crazy. But at, at this point, I think that the rut is on definitely on the downhill side. Cool, man. Well, thanks for all that great information, dude, and congrats on uh, all the big bucks have been hitting the ground. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's been a good year. It was some ups and downs, but it definitely turned out to be a better season than I thought it was going to be. All right, I've got a guy that people are familiar with here on the phone. His name is Hunter Dickens, and he is a big contributor on our YouTube channel, the Elements YouTube channel, um, Shooting Bucks. Um, I mean, at least a couple of years, but this year it's been it's been good for you, man. Actually, there in Texas where you've been hunting, you had some success the other night, correct? I did. I did. Texas seems to be the only place I can find success at the moment. Oh, I don't know about that, but you uh, you are doing well there, man. You've have you shot? How many bucks have you shot in Texas this year? Three Texas bucks. Ooh, man, you got it dialed, man. I've I've been blessed. Yes, I have. It's it's been a lot of fun. Now the buck you shot through the night was just a big frame, looked like a eight point with maybe a couple of extras, but like a mainframe eight. What was he doing? that deer was fresh out of the bed really so yes yes fresh out of the bed at last light so So, i didn't have i didn't have time to get in there on midday movement so i just i got as close to his bed as i could i'm pretty sure i heard him stand up out of his bed really what was his uh what was what was the weather like that day it was gosh that day it would have been I was just wearing a hoodie. I know that. So it was in the 50s to 60s. Just That's probably what it was that evening. Gotcha. Did it feel hot for the time of year or normal? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it was a lot warmer than I would have liked. <laughs> okay. So you think that has to do with um, the small amount of daylight movement that that buck was, uh, you know, portraying? Yeah, partially. I think the moon has some... Uh, some contributions to that as well because i've been seeing a lot of midday movement kind of that 12 to one o'clock hour has been really peaking Mm -hmm. for me on cameras which uh i know you can't go off everything the camera shows you but i can get a general idea of what movement is so i've been seeing a lot that 12 to one and then i didn't have time to get in so i went and got as close to his bed as I thought, I, I knew the general area of where that buck was, and I, I suspect I'd set up within about 60 yards of his bed. So w- talk about the moon, what stage it was in when you shot that deer, and how that affects deer movement, in your opinion. That was, I believe, three three days ago. So we would have been right at full moon. And uh, now we're at the backside of the moon, but that was three days ago. So I believe that uh, you get a lot of midday movement and then you get a lot of those bucks who are coming off the rut. This is kind of their final push uh, for the end of November. And so they're going to be doing a lot of zombie walking during the day, um, especially, you know, midday and in the evening, they're just going to be traveling looking for that last little bit of does that they can find uh, until the next cycle rolls around. Gotcha. So you think when he got out of his bed, that was his intention was to go find those for the evening? Yes, that was it. And I'd set up on a a known uh, travel route for a lot of does. And Mm -hmm. so he could almost just lay there in his bed and smell does as they came by. 
Gotcha. And so he was just taking more of the lackadaisical approach to it mm-hmm. uh, with it being such warm weather. Right. So in the next week or so, would you change what you're doing um, based yes. off of thing weather, moon? What what are what are you going to do different? Tactic, tactically yes. speaking, I would uh, I would go sit. I would go sit probably forty yards off the edge of food. I would be really focusing back on food sources for the next couple weeks, and be sitting back on some soft edges to them, uh, or just inside the the timber line. Gotcha. If you've got if you've got food plots, or if you're hunting standing corn, beans, whatever it is, I would be uh, back off that edge, but relatively close to a food source. Okay. So, in the next week or so, if you had to make a prediction on buck movement and you had to rate it on a scale of one to 10, what would you, what number would you give it? Probably a seven. All right, dude. I, I, I like it because the bucks almost become a little bit patternable around these food sources. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be, uh, for, you know, a week or two, they're going to be there. And it's, it's, if you've got a really good food source, it's going to hold them. Cause I mean, their bodies are deprived of nutrients right now. And they're going to be wanting to build that back up. And especially if you've got good food source, you're also going to have uh, does and yearlings mm-hmm. that are going to be coming in later. You know, in a couple of weeks, I've uh, I've got some, some properties that don't heat up till December. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good news, man. I appreciate the report. And uh, good job there in Texas, dude. Uh, if, you know, people are looking forward to seeing those videos on the element, they will be on as soon as we can get them edited. We're all out hunting like crazy right now, but they are, we're working on them. So, Hunter, thanks for the report, man. I'll be talking to you soon. Yes, sir. It was a blast. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. Now, a lot of you guys are familiar with the old hunting tradition of eating, you know, some organ, the heart or a chunk of liver off the first animal you kill. I had that when I was a little kid and it was a big deal. Organ meats were always prized by frontier people who knew the importance of getting a lot of different minerals and nutrients. And as often is the case, those guys were on to something because organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. And you can get the same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from heart and soil made exclusively from regeneratively raised grass-fed and finished cattle heart and soils unique freeze-drying process means all those important nutrients are trapped in 
ensuring you experience every one of the benefits of nature's superfood in a clean, convenient, taste-free capsule. Find out more at heartandsoil.co and make sure to use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. That's heartandsoil.co. Use the code MEATEATER. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. I've got Barrett Negus here. He's with Longtime Bow Hunting out in Alabama doing some deer hunting. Actually, you're heading to deer hunt right now, right? That is correct. Awesome. Yeah, we got a cold front coming. Oh man, that's what I'm talking about. It's a there's a you know usually only a few types of people that like cold fronts on the way in winter in the winter time, and that's uh you know people sometimes in the south we're like oh yeah we get a snow this year and then there's uh deer hunters you know and that's that's us so um your your was it your brother that recently had success there in alabama yeah it was my brother uh yeah he shot one over the thanksgiving break here a few days ago actually uh sunday morning so yeah <laughs> that's two awesome days ago. man it's a good buck too what uh what was he keying in on right there <clears throat> well he was really hunting um hunting in between i guess you'd call i think this deer's two bedding areas uh it showed up a few days earlier and uh it was really just like some five foot tall um you know i'd call it just some uh you know it's like a clear cut but really just five foot tall um planted pines newly planted pines slash clear cut mm-hmm. um where that deer could kind of move pretty safely between two bedding areas um, and we get, there's like a hardwood, hardwood flat there that we, uh, we've hunted for years. And, um, he was moving in between those two areas. I think you guys would call it a DMA, a deer <laughs> movement area that yeah. we've hunted for years there and, uh, kind of some historical movement. And, uh, he had shown up two days before. And so this time of year in Alabama, they're on a pretty good pattern, we're, we're in that pre-rut stage. We're still a month and a half from our rut. So he had showed up two days prior and, uh, you know, he was kind of on that pattern moving in, in between two, we think two bedding areas. So um, when you say bedding areas, is this, uh, like, would you make these more like a doe bedding area or a bedding area that he's inhabiting? Yeah. So, uh, I would say it'd be buck bedding. I mean, it's like five foot tall, weedy you know three i think they planted the pines there three years ago two three years ago so Mm. those pines are getting up i mean you can't hunt in them you know and those deer as soon as they walk into it they disappear Mm -hmm. you know so you'd say a four-year-old buck like that i mean he loves it Mm. you know as soon as he walks into it he disappears you know yeah um kind of like those (laughs) mature east texas bucks same thing with those mature alabama bucks man as soon as they can walk into some tall grass crp type stuff like that i mean that's like heaven for them they walk into it they disappear they can lay in it all day um 
you know, get up at night, feed on acorns or mm-hmm. whatever that, that nearest food. And of course you can, you can bait in Alabama too now. So, mm-hmm. uh, the nearest corn pile on the neighbors, uh, or whatever it might be. So, sure. Well, um, so what you, what would you, uh, would you call it pre-rut where you're at? I would say it's not quite pre-rut. Uh, the deer shed velvet beginning of October here, Golly. but I see that like to that testosterone is picking up and mm-hmm. so i feel like they get on this feeding pattern in like october november but come december it's like they know mm-hmm. like it's coming and it's like this pre-rut phase is like they're on a they're certainly on a bed to feed pattern right now i've seen it with a couple other bucks and that's that's why i'm going hunting now is because i think there's a few other bucks that might be on that bed to feed pattern right mm-hmm. now also but um there's certainly like we're starting to see some rub lines pop up you know mm-hmm. i saw a group of bachelor bucks like some young bucks they were just two-year-olds but they were locked up you know getting excited mm-hmm. especially with these cold fronts they're like locked up and they were pushing around for like five minutes yeah. uh so so in the next week like, do you think that that's yeah. gonna continue to ramp up with this cold front coming in is it gonna is that gonna that kind of ruddy type movement going to continue to increase or is it going to be about the same next week in your opinion? Yeah, I think it continues to increase all the way through the month of December. Like, yeah. So then y'all rut in December. Yeah. Those scrapes will start popping up and stuff like that. Yeah. And the, and the rut for you is when, uh, the rut will be like the peak of the rut in central Alabama will be mid January. Okay. Okay. Cool, man. Well, there's still some time left to get on some of that pre-rut movement. Um, you know, the best thing about that is deer are still pretty patternable t- typically during that, and uh, but they they can be a little more. They can show up in daylight more, so it's a it's probably a pretty good time of year. Tell your brother, congrats. I got one more question for you. On a scale of one to ten, what do you think buck movement is going to be like in Central Alabama in the next week? Uh, I would say like an eight. We Ooh. just came off the the full moon and we have this man this is like one of the best cold fronts i think we've had all year we've had some warm weather um so we have this cold front coming and i think we have a decent moon and a cold front coming so i think maybe you can get on a on a good buck this next uh the next few days here um so it's awesome dude uh, awesome i'm hoping yeah well i hope that it goes well for you too man and uh, appreciate the time We'll be talking to you, I'm sure, at some point soon, man, maybe next year or maybe later this year when the rut's kicking. But appreciate the report, Barrett. Yeah, thank you, Tyler. On the phone now, I've got my friend Scott from Arkansas. And Scott has hunted, what, your whole life in Arkansas pretty much, right? Yeah, I have. That's about the only place I've hunted. Yeah, so you know quite a bit. You're as uh, qualified as anybody to probably talk about it. I know you're going to be humble and say, no, no, <laughs> you know, y'all do this and y'all do that, whatever. But uh, – Scott, what have you been seeing in the deer woods lately? Uh, we're, you know, if you're in it, you're in it. And I think, but I think right now, I think bucks are definitely on the does. I think we're past the pre-rut and we're we're into the rut. You know, Arkansas is a funny state just because of of water levels and the different terrain that we have. Mm-hmm. So, I think really Onyx has done a great job at connecting the dots as far as giving you a good rut calendar. I think they're pretty accurate. I, I really do. So far, I've, I've just been really impressed with how that connects with what's really going on on the ground. Sure. So you think, do you think the bucks are in what a lot of people consider the lockdown stage right now? 
They are. I, I believe they are. And I think that's one of the reasons why that if, if you're not in it, you need to move um, because mm-hmm. they're, they're not going far um, and they're not, they're not roaming around like they were, you know, earlier in the month. Um, so yeah, I think you, I, th- I think they're definitely in the lockdown. Yeah. So a lot of times for these Southern states, you know, acorn crop is a big deal. Is that, is there a lot of acorns right now or what, what does that look like? Man, we've seen in our area and the place that I hunt now, it's going to be different, you know, because Arkansas is just so varied in terrain and, and topography. But in the area that I hunt in particular, there is far fewer acorns than I've seen in the last several years. And I think that has to do with water. I just think that there's been a little bit of water shock <clears throat> among some of the hardwood trees around here, which for us is actually better. Um, it's just better. It keeps the, it gives us an, uh, at least the opportunity to look for feed trees and look for a little bit more condensed movement and patterns that, that helps us. That way the deer, they, they can, they've got some places they've got to go if they're going to get into those acorns. Mm-hmm. Is, there a, is there an acorn that they prefer, in your opinion? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously white oaks are, are you know, a preferred acorn, but but I, water oaks, I have found in my area, they, they love water oaks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I kind of key in on those. But, you know, as the season goes on, red oaks produce here a lot later in the year. And, and a red oak tree is usually your friend, um, especially as the rut advances. Because you got to think about it. The, the buck is, is pursuing the doe. The doe is still doing doe things. Mm-hmm. And so if you find the does and you, you find the food source, because the does are still going to the food source, you're going to find the bucks and you're going to be in the, in the mix for the rut. So especially late rut, you know, those red oak trees that are kind of in the open that that, that big old buck would go near any other time of year chasing, uh, you know, a younger doe that's come in, come into estrus late. Um, you got a good chance of killing a big deer that way. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, you know, that, that's a good point. I think about this a lot, um, and I have in the past, but uh, especially on, like, private land, man, uh, if you can hunt if you can hunt food sources, like agricultural food sources a lot of times, man, um, where the deer aren't necessarily pressured off like they might be on something that's closer to public or more accessible to, to the public, that it, it's almost like you can get away with hunting deer, deer on ag, and close to ag from like September to January in a lot of cases, you know, it's like you really almost, if you had good access, you wouldn't even need to move your set, you know? No, I completely agree. And I think that's one of the things about the big woods when, when you hunt the big woods and and I, I define big woods as tracts of land that are not influenced by agriculture necessarily. Mm -hmm. So when you hunt those big woods, I mean, the deer are much more dispersed. It's a much more complex thing. I think predictability as far as like where they're coming from, their travel routes, uh, you know, you don't have that in the big woods. Um, so the deer could show up in a place that you didn't expect it, which affects, you know, shot placement. It affects, you know, everything about you because it's kind of a surprise. Whereas when you have agriculture and you've got, you know, ingress and egress routes and you've got a good way in, you know, you're not having to, you know, buff around and try to figure out where you ought to set up. Um, I think agriculture gives you a distinct advantage in that. But I think when you kill a deer in the big woods and you pursued it and you found it in that environment that it was in, I just feel like there's just like a piece of accomplishment in that. You know, Mm -hmm. I think there's a piece that just says, you know, I didn't have the advantage of those other things. I'm not saying I disagree with them or it's unethical or nothing like that. I'm just saying challenge wise, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like the person that says, you know, I want to shoot you know, a traditional bow as opposed to a compound bow. 
I think there's definitely – there's a learning curve, and it's more difficult, I think, in the big woods. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So since it's already difficult in the big woods, <laughs> we got a full moon right now. For the next week, it's going to be, you know, kind of waning, but it's still going to be pretty big. And, you know, you said it's kind of the lockdown thing. So if you had to kind of predict what you thought the buck movement would be like over the next week on a scale of 1 to 10, what would you think it would be? I I don't think the moon, when they're in the lockdown, affects them as much as it does maybe other times of the year. Mm -hmm. Because they're going to be doing what they're going to be doing at that particular time. And, again, I I just look at the rut this way, at this phase of it. And – and the beauty of Arkansas that I've always loved about this state and why I, I love to, to hunt here, which obviously I live here, um, is that when when one particular area begins to cool off, you can move. Some, sometimes it's 20 miles. You go 20 miles and you've got a completely different time frame for the rut. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like um, chasing the migration of ducks, you know, mm-hmm. um, you're, you're, you're following that, that rut down. And um, I, I think the, I, obviously they're going to move a lot at night, but they're nocturnal anyway. I mean, it's, I always laugh when people say, well, you know, they're, they're just going to go nocturnal. They are nocturnal. Their, <laughs> their entire eye structure, everything about them is nocturnal. Mm-hmm. The, them showing up during the day should be the, the abnormality, but, mm-hmm. but um I would continue, you know, I mean, obviously monitor, you could monitor some of your game cameras and stuff, but I feel like personally, from my experience, I feel like weather patterns affect their movement. I feel like they're up on their feet more. I also think food sources is a really, really important part of, of this aspect. Cause again, the doe, the does are going to be doing what does do. If you're mm-hmm. in the does, you're going to be in the bucks, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. for sure. Hey, give me that one to 10 number. Come on. One to 10 for, for, for next week. Yep. For the next week. Okay, so ten is ten is good. Ten is the best day yeah. you've ever had in the yeah. woods. That's man. like or the, the best deer, day of the year. The best deer jumps year. in your truck. You know, uh, I'll, I'll say this. I think I think moving. Um, I think the area that that I'm hunting in right now is is at the tail end of what's really good, um, and there's probably a day or two of that left. I think I'm going to probably make a move, and I think you could be in the. I'm going to say you could be in the eight, nine. Mm. Ooh, that's a good mm. day. Golly. It's good numbers. Good numbers. That well, gets me excited. Thanks for the report, Scott. Now I'm sure we'll be talking to you soon. It's good to hear from you, man. Absolutely. Thank you guys. Bunch of good info from a bunch of good dudes there. If you haven't noticed the South Dakota hunt from the element in 2023 is on the meat eater channel. There will be a link to that below in the description. Go watch, go comment, and just show us all the love because we really appreciate that. Uh, and we just thank you all for the support very, very much. Also, Mark has a very important message for you on his main show podcast that comes out tomorrow. Don't forget to tune in to Wired to Hunt and hear that story. This has been Rut Fresh. Keep it fresh. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. You simply pour a can into your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. So pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal 
you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase.